If you've ever wondered who is taking the amazing portraits and, you know, photography of these huge ad campaigns and really creating memorable moments that's going to live on for a lifetime, I'm here to bring you one of my really good friends, Alexandra Zagosta. Her and I met about four years ago, and it's so funny, I was connected to her through another friend who lives in Sweden, Lexi, I absolutely love you. I look forward to mine and Alex's time in California because she's based in Venice. And she's just an all-around good person. So let's bring on a female photographer that's such a huge force in the industry that stands up for what she wants. And welcome to the podcast. I am so excited for this. <laughs> Thank you for coming on. Look at you. Look at the home in the back. Oh my God, it's so organized. Are those wow. fresh vegetables from your garden? <laughs> <laughs> some of it, some of it. Yeah. When was the first time you picked up a camera? You know what? It was actually um, it was actually a very interesting story because um, I'm very tall, and when you're tall, you get presented with a lot of different opportunities. And when I was a teenager, I got scouted to do some modeling. Yes. Which I still think it's purely height based. <laughs> but um, Stop. but then. <laughs> But that happened. And then the person who would do local scouting in my hometown in Poland was actually a photographer. And what she would do, she would just scout girls and sort of take their first like pictures and then distribute them among uh, model agencies in Europe and like all over the world. And I remember going into her attic, which was just filled with different clothes, shoes, records, like makeup, because she would just do like sort of like very basic, you know, like model test setups. Um, she wasn't a makeup artist, she wasn't a stylist, but she would just make sure she comes up with really good test photos so that the girls can be advertised and like passed along further. And I just remember going into that attic and thinking, modeling, fine, but what she's doing is just so cool. Yeah. So then I decided to start doing similar thing with my friends. So I'll just create these sort of like makeshift setups at home and you know, grab my friends and just like take portraits of them and just sort of like play dress up and just see what comes out of it. And I think this is the first time I sort of got fascinated with the idea of creating like different worlds and imagery and all that. Good yeah, stuff. Mm-hmm. exactly. So that's really where it comes from. And it's actually a really sad story because I tried to find her and tell her that she was really the inspiration and such a huge influence on in how my life looks right now. And I couldn't get a hold of her. I couldn't find any information on her, on her. And then I finally dug out an article that said that she passed away from cancer. So, oh my god! I know. I never got to tell her what an important influence she was in my life. Wow! Wow! I remember when I was like also young and in high school, and the first time I started like playing around with like fashion and getting stuff made and like going to this like custom world. 
um, in California, they do like, you know, obviously there's prom, there's like getting the dress made and all that good stuff. I met this designer, her name was Debbie, and she stayed, I think like Long Beach, and she made my top that I wore to my graduation for like $30, and I would have to like meet her in the um, on the football field of Dorsey High School to like oh get God. measurements made, and I would like take the bus all the way to Long Beach to like meet with her to like get these custom stuff done. And I remember one time, before I moved to New York, I was reaching out to her to get her to do something again. And then I was calling her phone, calling her phone because, you know, I just, I call people. And her daughter picked up and said, you know, she's not with us anymore. And I was like, oh my God. I was oh like God. hit by a ton of bricks. So I have both. I have the top that she made for me and I still keep it sacred, but like, that's insane. And she's such a huge influence on like how I you yeah. know, try to do stuff and the materials that I wear. And it's just, it's so interesting. So I guess it's safe to say um, the lady that, you know, scouted you and, you know, took you into her attic with her setup kind of like inspires a lot of the work that you do today. Completely. And this is kind of how I always want to work. You know, I want to be able to work with people that inspire me, like visually, but also in terms of their personality and just sort of like taking them on and and trying to like tell their story visually, but also like, you know, create a beautiful imagery with who they are and like what they represent. And I feel like this is how you and I work many times where you would bring in your fashion sense and your idea of like imagery. And then I'll bring in mine. And I feel like it would always be both an extension of who you are, but also like, you know, this sort of beautiful fantasy that we both create. Create, Yeah. I mean, I remember when we, we first shot together, this was like <laughs> in the pit of the winter. This was dead winter. We were in the Lower East Side across some, where were we? What street is that? That was uh, still in Broome, my apartment on Broome Yeah, street. on Broome. And it was freezing cold. And I was like, whatever you, whatever the vision is. And you <laughs> had a red velvet cloth. And it was a staircase. And I was just super down for the cause. And we've done so many other projects after that. Like when we were shooting at the Hollywood home with like the mold in the body. Um, <laughs> that and I think mold in is sense, incredible, by the way. I'm it's so hanging happy in my kitchen. <laughs> Yeah. And you know, every time I see a picture of your house and I see it there, I just think what a beautiful like artifact it is. Yeah. Yeah. And I just, I don't know, you and your style of photography and how you just like capture everyone in their natural state and how easygoing you are with the work and like you, you can work with any um, idea or concept or even compromising, Um, which leads me to... What is the biggest compromise you've ever done for like a huge client shoot? Hmm. That's always hard because, you know, like it's it's very important, I think, for us artists to understand the importance of commercial work because I think it's very easy to sort of get lost in your own creativity and the luxury of it. And I think learning how to marry that with the the ability to work uh, commercially and with other people's creatives and like expectations and understanding that what we do is we oftentimes sell products is just very, very important and probably even more challenging than just expressing your own creativity. 
So I never tried to like take away from the importance of it. If anything, I always tried to treat it as a very important lesson. Because again, me with my own imagination, with the person I want to work with in the studio is very different to me having to talk to the clients and meet their expectations. So it's hard to say. I, I recently worked on a Levi's project, which was very... In general, like I would say Los Angeles is very lifestyle based. It's quite far removed from high fashion. And that ends up being a big, big challenge because yeah. the casting is just different and the creatives are different. But again, like I, I try to treat it as a very important lesson in being able to compromise your own vision and being able to work commercially. Which is which is ultimately what we're all trying to do. So Exactly. So again, I, I, I don't try to take away from it. I think it's all very important. Got it. Um, how involved are you with like the casting of the models for these shoots, whether it's commercial, high fashion, and lifestyle? So I would say casting was always my big strength because it's something I just do all the time. Even when I go to parties, I'm known to just like you always have a camera. People. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always like, can I take a picture of you? And I, I, while I'm doing it, can I also take your number? Because I just know there's going to be a time when you and I can work on a project together. So I have a pretty like good database of people in terms of like high fashion or like street casting. I just have like a huge catalog of faces and personalities that I would like to work with. So I try to get kind of, I, I try to get quite involved and I know oftentimes it's a relief for the client because I come with a ready proposal and I know it, it, they appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And then, I mean, this is, this goes hand in hand with Lexi. Um, who is in Sweden, I guess she, her approach is kind of similar because how I met you was through her. And then her approach was, can I take a photo of you on the train? And then we just hit it off right away. And then, you know, you and I connected. So, Completely. Yeah. And, you know, if, if I can say something about how like the high fashion world and the more sort of commercial fashion world are evolving, it's it's definitely evolving towards that like it's more um personality and street casting friendly mm -hmm. which i i can only appreciate because that just means you know our world becomes more colorful and like inclusive and i've Diver. definitely been on big gucci commercial shoots where yeah. they'll be like this catering person looks interesting let's have them in the campaign yeah yeah and i love that it just brings brings out this element of like surprise and it's just great it makes everybody feel alive exactly um have you ever experienced any resistance doing your castings definitely i think <laughs> it, the world's definitely becoming very like image um conscious and i also th i think people understand the value of you know image and i think people's thinking goes automatically to like, how is this person going to make money of taking a picture of me? And it's a little sad because a lot of times it's just for me or like, you know, like, um, uh, like a personal project I'm thinking of, but yeah, you definitely have to do a lot of explaining. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think you kind of keep your professional, work and also your personal projects like so separate which is amazing and they do kind of go hand in hand and then you know 
a lot of, I mean, I guess if you don't know who Alexandra is, you're really doing a lot of major work in the industry and, you know, working alongside Glenn Lunchford is a huge, huge deal. Um, What was it like being on the set with Billie Eilish for her video of Happier Than Ever? Um, it was, she's really, really amazing to work with because she's very, um, she's very, very aware of her image and very uncompromising in the best possible way. She definitely knows what she wants and she definitely understands that she's a part of a bigger world that also has a lot of opinions and influence and she definitely knows how to stand the ground and it's it's a great way for all of us to work because you want artists who keep true to their identity and don't let you know labels this this and that like influence them too much yeah exactly exactly how do you merge like the creative and the influencer talent in the modeling world when there's this huge um, argument or debate surrounding they're not models? I think it's hard because, you know, fashion industry has been going through this shift for a while where even fashion models have to sort of come with personality and some sort of, not agenda, but, you know, some kind of like mission. I think brands more and more like put emphases on like hiring more brand ambassadors rather than just models. So I think, you know, it's just a natural progression and something that was always going to happen where like people want to know that whoever's selling the clothes is doesn't only look certain way. They also have to have a certain amount of followers and they have to like stand for certain things. Also with brands becoming so political, you know, it's just all very intertwined now. As an established photographer, is there anything you wish you wish you'd have done differently, you know, in the earlier stages of your career? Um, and what are those thoughts and ideas? I'm still um this is like sort of like something I go through life with and it's <laughs> it's um it's like something I would have said to like the younger version of me, but also something I say to like the future me. Mm. Okay. Just just less less fear. I think, you know, because everything's so instantly displayed and so easily judged because it's so easy for people to have these big opinions on social media because it's not like standing face to face and telling somebody, oh, I don't like this or like I would have done it differently. And I think it injects a lot of fear into like young creatives. And I think it's just learning how to turn that off and being able to put your work out there, whatever fear it injects in you and just letting it go. And if you decide it wasn't worth it, like five years down the line, like it still taught you something. So I think it's just like fearlessness. It's such an important part of creativity. Absolutely. I agree. I think, you know, even over the past couple of months for me, just, you know, wanting to break out of just seeing myself in, you know, just being a model or in this ideal idea of what I thought could have been and removing that fear and trying new things and going after it. It's really what holds a lot of people back is just the fear of like not succeeding or the fear of it not being received in a, in a way that you want it to be. 
But, you know, in the end, I think it just, it teaches you something and then you apply that for the future. Um, I think it also comes with, again, you know, social media and like how, how instantly everything's out there and like can be judged so easily. So we have nothing to hide behind. Exactly. You know, and, and we can have strangers like call us out on things because yes. those strangers <laughs> will never, you know, and it's just really scary. Like, yeah. uh, like social media is a scary place to be, but I think it's just about learning how to switch that off and like just, just following your path. Yeah, exactly. And that's exactly why I feel like TikTok for me is like such a scary space because it's so raw and authentic. And I'm like, oh my God, we're just so used to like the, the the curated, you know, space and making things look a certain way. And we're so past that. And I was just like, fuck it. Do whatever the fuck you want to do. Just have yep. fun. And I feel like you really represent that. Like it's never a dull moment with <laughs> Alexandra. Like, let's be real. <laughs> I try to, but then I go on these like big conservative shoots and I definitely have people be like, hmm. That's what when is this something's recent, wrong. Like, right. <laughs> I know, you know, and it's funny because like there'll be like creative people, but they'll be like, oh, what is this like risque project you just like uh-huh. posted? Mm-hmm. And then you just like run to the bathroom and want to die in shame, but then you come oh back God. out and you're like, no, <laughs> I'm going yeah. to embrace it. Exactly. Tell me more about, you know, all of your independent projects. I mean, I've been a part of a few, um, the famous red drape, the body mold <laughs> in Hollywood. Um, what are you working on? What is Alexandra working on in Venice, California? So right now I'm wrapping up my project on um, dancers. Like uh, there is a whole like sort of underground like burlesque dancer scene that I've been following for like a few years now. And they're all very political and they're all very independent and they all, you know, like personally and professionally, like very uncompromising and very strong females that like, you know, follow their like mission in life and embrace their like best female parts and sort of like stand up for feminism but like by not embrace well it's 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 kind of like what I I want this project to be about like feminists who embrace being female rather than trying to buy into the male world because they Mm. think and it comes from somebody who had to buy into a very male industry because photography especially when I was starting out was 100% that and now I'm doing more video work and and that's like all men you know like you're constantly surrounded by men and it's very technical and it's very like physically challenging so you always feel like you have to be more like a man in order to stand up for yourself yeah and then i discovered all these women that sort of like say the exact opposite they're like how about we conquered the world by being more female because there is so much power in being female and rather than trying to put on the pants and like act Mm -hmm. more like men in order to be ceos how about we act more like women and talk about being able to multitask you know talk about like be able to be super like strong and endurance and you know like like and soft, the, and intelligent. Yeah, and soft, and like the motherly, you know, like instincts that are incredible when it comes to like team managing. So there is again like that whole scene of burlesque dancers that produce their own shows, and you know, like produce their own photo shoots, and like 
do their own, you know, like political meetups and are writers and like do their own like stand up comedy. There is just so much that's happening. And I just been documenting it. And uh, I'm currently in a stage of like looking for a writer that can help me like sort of put all of it into words. And I'm also looking um, into like working with with like fashion brands to to sort of like put their name on the project and like help me with the printing. And yeah, I'm hoping it's going to be done by by like spring 2023 and everybody can enjoy it. Yes. Are we expecting or should we look forward to like an exhibition? Yes. Uh, it's definitely going to be like an exhibition with some performance art. And I ideally I would love to do it both in LA and New York, but we'll see how it goes. Oh, I love that. I cannot wait to see, um, you know, how it all plays out. I'm sure it's going to be great. Like Thank everything you. you do is just so unique and it's so true to you. Um, and you know, that's what really matters the most, you know, doing meaningful <laughs> work. Um, what advice can you provide to our listeners who are interested in emerging into photography? I would say, um, don't be afraid to reach out to like the people you look up to. This is kind of how my career started and nobody believes me. Like, you know, I I oftentimes like get approached and said by people asking me like, oh, how did you start working for Glenn? Or like, how did you like get to work with Lars von Trier, who's this amazing independent like filmmaker? And I say, I just emailed them (laughs) asking if they would have a tea with me. And they're like, right. But like, how did you really? And I'm like, no, 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 this is exactly what I did. I just, I just, I just reached out and I said that I really admire their work and I would really love to get professional advice from them. And if they have any time at all, whether it's a phone call, email, like in-person meeting, I would just die to be able to do it. And you know what? People love to help. If you ask for help, they actually Mm -hmm. love to help you. So it's, it's about just reaching out. Again, like it's about bearing the fear and just reaching out. Reaching out, yeah. Agree. I mean, if there's anybody I would want to have tea with, it's you. Like, I don't think you understand. <laughs> <laughs> like, I want to do everything with you. Like, when I come to LA, I look forward to our schedule filled days from <laughs> breakfast to the beach, gardening. We're hiking at six, we're doing dinner at seven. It's the after party at 10. Like, <laughs> You're just an all-around amazing, amazing, amazing human being. And I just, I love that so much. I'm so happy that we were able to, like, cross paths. And you're in my, you know, aura of friends. And I can reach out to you for anything. You'll be anywhere. Like, hey, I'm on, like, a rock in Arizona. But (laughs) (laughs) I'll email you. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is so funny. Um, now we all want to know this. What is the easiest point and shoot camera for someone looking to just grab a camera and go and just, you know, take some photos outside of their iPhone? You know what I love? I actually found one of those like little point and shoot, like literally point and shoot, not disposable one, but like a literal point and shoot that I used to use in like primary school when I was probably like nine. My parents (laughs) got it to me thinking if she loses it because she will lose it, it's not that big of a deal. And you know what? I didn't lose it. I still have it. Oh my God. And (laughs) the irony, like tell me I'm going to lose something. That's the one thing I'm not going to lose. Yeah. But, um, 
and then you know whenever i go to like uh thrift stores like they there are usually like f- like the there's usually like a camera section and they're full of those point and shoots and mm. they have built-in flash and they actually amazing like party or like grab and go cameras because they small they yeah. light they're not mm-hmm. expensive so people aren't looking to rob you exactly. and they're a film so it's 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 like a really cool thing to have in your bag wherever yeah. you go yeah. You know, if you want to get fancy, you can get like a nice little, like, you know, contacts camera, but that's like thousands of dollars and, you know, it's stressful. Like, even for me, you know, like I have a full range of cameras and honestly, like I always just have that point and shoot in my bag because I know if I'm at a party or if my code gets taken, stolen, whatever, I don't have to worry. The exactly. only, the biggest loss would be like the the film that was inside of it. Mm-hmm. I know you experienced some sort of, theft early last year when your car was broken into and all your camera gear was taken like what were the thoughts <laughs> i can see your trigger <laughs> i didn't mean to laugh but i know that was like a, tra- oh, yeah. a traumatic time <laughs> well that was like definitely venice being crazy like during pandemic and the problem with a lot of equipment that I have, it's not even that it's expensive. It's just a lot of it's like hard to replace. Or it's been customized. So on one hand, you think, oh, my God, it's going to be so easy to like track it on like Craigslist or wherever these people are trying to like resell it. But I just never found it. And it's, it's oh it God. just then becomes like months of eBay of trying to replace it, customize it. It's it's the worst feeling yeah. ever. But you know what? It will happen to any everybody like sooner or later. So just make sure you have good insurance. Exactly. And what is the customization process like? What are you customizing exactly on the camera? You can, a lot of it's like, you know, like customize like flash units that I use for it. Or like, you know, like special lenses or like lens attachments or like, you know, filters that come on the camera. Like there is like brackets you know like to offset like your flash units there's just like a lot of a lot of low low things like that especially for somebody who likes to work on a go and be able to create like the right lighting situation like wherever i go yeah yeah well we're gonna transition into the rsvp Mm. game so pretty much i just give a quick scenario and you tell me if you're confirmed or not confirmed. Okay. You are contracted to do a shoot in Hawaii on the top of an active volcano. Confirmed or not confirmed? Always confirmed. That Always sounds like good. my type of RSVP. That's exactly like what I would do. Right. I'm like, this is exactly what she would do. Like, she would love to get on top of an active volcano. RSVP, confirmed or not confirmed? You are invited to the CFDA event, fashion event of the year. But you cannot bring your camera. <laughs> the rebel in me would probably be like, I am not going to this. Then last minute, I'll be like, can I still come? Right. And like sneak <laughs> the camera inside. Yeah, I'll just sneak it in. I'll have my little point and shoot and just do it from under the table. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I reach out. Because I'm looking for a photographer 
to shoot the promo for my podcast, confirmed or not confirmed. Oh my god, triple confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Get into the shoots. I love that. Um anything with you. <laughs> you know I'm always confirmed when it comes to you. I know, thank you. You just you're like so so supportive. I mean, I I need to either make a trip to California soon or you need to get to New York City. I'm going to get to New York City soon and it's going to be cold and we're going to be on top yes. of some very windy building. You just exactly. know it. In the snow blizzard, <laughs> no matter what time of the night it is, we are hanging out. Oh. Well, I think this wraps up our episode. Um, I love this. Yeah, it was amazing. And, you know, always, you know, thank you for coming on and talking about your journey as a photographer, your work, um, giving the listeners advice. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me on. This is actually my first ever podcast, so thank oh, you. Oh, look at me making it happen. <laughs> yeah.